are back in town. The girls 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 are back. Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast. Hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Holy shit, Sari, we are back. Do you think anyone's still out there or they've <laughs> completely given up on us? Well, we're still getting downloads, shockingly enough. Maybe not as many as when we're consistent with our podcasting effort. Nevertheless, people are still listening to us somewhere out there in podcast land. And for that, we do thank you, dear listeners. Don't let the podcast die, guys. Just give us one more chance. One more chance. And speaking of dying, I almost died getting here because it is a brutal snowstorm today in Ottawa with freezing rain warning in effect. So we're going to record this podcast real quick here at Sarah's. We're in her children's bedroom thinking that might be a good soundproof room. It's a snow day, so she had no choice but to come here. Yeah, so the kids have been told to be quiet downstairs while we do our important work up here. We did mention on the last podcast that our little Sarah was going into surgery almost immediately after we recorded the last episode. She had a hip replacement, if you will remember. And in case anyone is wondering, she's not 75. (laughs) So Sarah, how was the surgery? And are you back to ripping all around town in the minivan or what? Well, I am driving. And yes, I am officially a cyborg, according to my son. (laughs) That was really brutal, not being able to drive. Super annoying. And you're not quite in the gym squatting 200 pounds or break dancing to your fave 80s hit songs just yet, but you have made great strides with your recovery, and out of 10, where would you say you're at, and are you glad you finally went through with the surgery? That was a long time coming beyond glad. It's very surreal. I still can't even wrap my head around the idea that the pain that I was living in for so many years is just gone. That just blows my mind. And now it's more so just understanding what it's like to actually straighten my right leg and stand on my leg and and feel muscles in my leg working and doing what they're supposed to do. That's the thing that's indescribable and it's really hard to explain that to people. Not busting out the running man just yet. I wonder how many of our listeners know what the running man is. Well, if they're my age, they certainly do. And I think I only know it because of you. I was was pretty good at it. Well, 
let it be known that as a trainer, I like to think I've become quite the pro at coaching clients with hip replacements because we also have a rock star client named Kim and she had a hip replacement a few years ago and she's been working with me for a good while now and I am so impressed with this woman and what a savage beast she is. You would never think that she had a hip replacement so it is pretty cool the advancements that they can do now in the medical world and I feel like we'll get you uh, to squatting 200 soon, Sari. Yeah, when you're holding a cane. Anyway, enough about that. We're over talking about you. You're got, you got your moment. And yeah, yeah, I was wondering when I was going to get cut off. Yeah, right there. That's it. Uh, so all this being said, I'm sure we can all agree that it's nice to have Sarah back in action and more importantly, have the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast back in action. Yeah, some of us probably more concerned about the podcast than my physical improvements. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, not gonna lie. Starting to freak out a little bit that everyone would forget about us, but this is our official first episode of 2019. And instead, of course, of doing the whole New Year resolutions and how to stick to your New Year, New Me goals, I thought it would be more valuable to discuss the link between our emotional state and our physical appearance, something that we obviously encounter all the time with our coaching clients and even on a personal level. Hell, how many times have I heard you say, screw eating healthy or working out because of this bum hip that you had for so many years? Yeah, definitely gave up for a while there. Yeah, so I'm sure we can all relate to beating ourselves up for eating too many chips or cookies, or we obsess over that peanut butter jar in the cupboard that just won't stop calling our names, and we know we shouldn't go near it armed with a spoon, and yet we do it anyway. So the big question I want to address on this episode of the podcast is why do we do this? Why do we self-sabotage? I personally think it's because we're not being present to an underlying truth, I guess you could say, about ourselves. And so we let the food become our way of hiding from that truth. And the problem is that when we don't allow ourselves to feel it out or even acknowledge that underlying truth, we instead just stuff down those emotions deep inside our physical bodies, which then, of course, cause it to manifest into physical physical symptoms. And this happens all the time. Right, Sarah? Yes, yes. I couldn't agree more. In in fact, I think it's a vicious circle. I think if you have a physical ailment, it makes you angry and depressed. And then that anger itself, I swear, fuels the sickness or even just negative energy. Exactly. And how often do you also ignore your feelings altogether? And instead, as a society or whatever we have going on, we distract ourselves with working on overtime or lying on the couch in front of the TV or we stay glued to our phones and social media or as many of us choose excessive amounts of food or alcohol or drugs or whatever. And probably why so many people nowadays suffer from chronic fatigue syndrome or even a chronic illness like I mean diabetes type 2 or obesity that's really common. Oh absolutely or cancer for sure. I I 100% believe that cancer is something we can absolutely absolutely create within ourselves just based on our stress levels and our choices in life. And we don't want to suffer. So we stuff our feelings down into our organs, into our muscles, and of course, our nervous system, which plays a huge role as well. And 
it's sad and it's ironic because we're denying these emotional truths and by doing this we end up creating all the damn pain and suffering that we were trying to avoid in the first place. So if you're listening and this sounds like you, we are going to give you guys some tips and yes, some little mental exercises on how to face your underlying emotional truth and start loving yourself. And I know we address this on the podcast all the time, but it's a topic I really do enjoy because I just see it so often in my business as a a vegan trainer and coach. And as I always say to my beloved clients, you have to learn to love yourself before any kind of sustainable, long-term physical transformation can take place right? You, you lost me at loving yourself, but yeah, fine. <laughs> okay, so hard truth number one, taking XYZ miracle fat loss supplement or hardcore cardio class is not the answer. Yes, these things might make you feel better and even resolve the issue temporarily, but unfortunately these things do not address the core problem. In order to do that, you really have to first identify your biggest barriers to loving yourself. And what might those barriers be, Sarah? No idea, but I'm sure you will tell us. I sure will. See, it's good to have me back. Yeah, well, you do provide comedic relief, as we all say, and that's about it. Right. But anyway, you, as an individual, might need to figure out your barriers to self-love for yourself. Clearly, Sarah does. But typically, working as a coach, what I do see the most with clients are things like, A, being too much of a people pleaser. Sarah, I would say, you are probably that, being a mom. Women, more commonly than than men, or anyone, really, believing that that they have to keep everybody in their lives happy and that they alone are responsible for everybody else's happiness, right? Or a big barrier to loving yourself might be your quest for perfectionism. And I can obviously relate to this one, setting super high standards for myself for most of my adult life on what I should look like, what my relationships should be like, or how successful I think that I need to be. And sure, we all know that nobody is perfect and we We can all admit to that. And let's be honest, it's still something a good many of us unconsciously strive for, whether it's wanting to be the perfect mom or the perfect wife or the perfect employee. And of course, thanks to Instagram, the perfect looking girl with the perfect seeming life. But if there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's that striving to be perfect is way too fucking time consuming and a huge detriment to loving yourself. And let's be real guys, ain't nobody got time for that. Complete waste of time. Amen, sister. All right, so let's assume that we've all taken some time to identify our biggest barriers to loving ourselves. And now let's jump to some practical steps we can take to actually appreciate our bodies and accept our emotions or our relationships or whatever it is that's causing us to stuff those emotions down and eat an entire bag of salt and vinegar chips every night. Mmm, salt and vinegar chips. Yeah, we sure did eat the shit out of some SMV chips over Christmas, eh? Well, Lay's brought back the rippled salt and vinegar chips. It's been a while since we've had the rippled uh, back in action. Yeah, Jeff was saying that too, our brother. Anyway, cool story, bro. <laughs> Uh, If there's one thing that I've learned about how to trust my thoughts and my feelings over the years, it's to always trust my gut. Also, where the problem lies regarding the salt and vinegar chips. 
the emotional gut versus the physical gut. Yes, anyways, I'm referring to that inner voice in the pit of your stomach, not the indigestion from the salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> it's that little spidey sense that always seems to know whether something is right or wrong, good or bad. And I know we're both bad for analyzing the shit out of everyone and everything possible. It's the shorky curse. Yes, but if there's one thing I've learned that has made my life a whole lot easier, it's to simply go with my gut feeling and just try my best to not overthink things. Because the truth is, whether we want to admit it or not, we all kind of know what is right and what is wrong for us. We all know on some kind of base level what would feel good and what would not feel good. Or what would bring us peace in our lives versus what would actually bring us stress and anxiety and chaos. So with all this meat, mindful meathead shit in mind, I ask you, dear listener, let us all write down, what do you love? Salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> Actually, even better than asking yourself what you love, let's instead think about the most ideal day we could all possibly have and write that shit down. And maybe that means salt and vinegar chips for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But all kidding aside, how would you spend your time on a perfectly ideal day? Would you wake up early? Would you sleep in past noon? Who would you hang out with? Who would you avoid hanging out with like the plague? Then read over your answers and try to see how you can actually incorporate some of those ideal day scenarios into your real life. And that's a really good exercise. It sounds cheesy, but I really encourage you guys to do that. And I think you'll come out with some pretty cool realizations. Actually, I'm pleasantly surprised that this didn't include gratitude journals or daily intentions lists and fantasizing that I can do. Plus, I feel like I've beaten that gratitude journal daily intention horse to death, although it's not a very vegan-friendly metaphor. Yeah, there uh, must be a vegan alternative to that one. Yeah, speaking of vegan alternatives, have you heard, well, I know I've told you this before, but I it's so good, I'm going to share it on the podcast. You guys know that stupid saying, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. Well, from now on, for all my vegan vegan homies listening, instead of using that stupid line, you can start saying, feed two birds with one scone. I like that much better. So cute. Like, sometimes I wonder where these sayings even come from. Mm -hmm. What is the benefit to killing two birds anyway? Who knows? I still do believe we should all do a daily gratitude practice and ask yourself what your intention is behind every questionable thought and action you make in life and throughout your day-to-day. I won't uh, go into more detail because we've already done many podcasts on that, but I will say one of my favorite Byron Katie quotes that I truly love, and that is, do you want to meet the love of your life? Look in the mirror, Sarah. I've never wanted to vomit so much in my life. It's good though, right? No. (laughs) Okay, anyway, something that I really try to incorporate into my daily morning routine, and I know I've mentioned this on the podcast many times, but I really want to dive into how to love yourself because it really does affect the way that you look. And something that I have started doing in the last year 
is every morning as I'm getting ready and I'm slathering my body with lotion, there's a sexy thought for everybody listening, but I look at myself and I will say to myself something that I love about myself. And I think what Byron Katie is really trying to say with her quote is that we have to start treating ourselves like the people in our lives that we love the most. Hear that, people pleasers? Yeah, exactly. So... For you, Sarah, or anyone listening, think of the person that you love most. And for Sarah, of course, she would envision me. Of course, it goes without saying. Yeah. And then really think about how you treat them and how you talk to them. And every time you start to beat yourself up, just remind yourself of that person. And how would you feel to know if somebody was talking to them the way you talk about yourself? Hmm, That's actually an interesting technique. Right? In fact, I think I've used that on people before. Yeah, I definitely didn't make that one up. I guess in short means I'm brilliant. And short. (laughs) Anyway, finally, the last action step that we can all take to start loving ourselves, ladies and gentlemen, is to, believe it or not, start spending more time with yourself. And I'm the first to admit that I'm somewhat of an extrovert. I definitely get my energy from being around other people. But in reality, all of us need some time to ourselves every day, even if it's just an hour at the gym, a bubble bath or an Epsom salt bath before bed, a little walk in nature. Or, having hip replacement surgery and then your stay in the hospital is kind of like a vacation. That's sad. I know, but it's true. I mean, in (laughs) seriousness, I would say that my one daily moment of peace, and it's sure as shit, not an hour, but it's probably about 20 minutes to have my morning coffee and I read. Sometimes I'm actually successful. (laughs) And sometimes I'm attempting to read and also trying to block out the never-ending little voice talking about every Spider-Man villain there ever was. She is referring to her nine-year-old son right now, in case anyone was thinking she meant me. No, I block out your voice at a different time of day. (laughs) Thanks. Another thing I wanted to cover on this episode is some of the ways that we can try to reframe our worries so that we don't let them distract us from having peace of mind. So what are some of the ways we can try to reframe our worries so that we're better able to live our lives? Am I supposed to answer that question? Well, I <laughs> I looked at you as I asked the question, and uh, that was kind of funny. You literally just looked like a deer caught in the headlights, <laughs> which now makes me want to say, yes, Sarah, go ahead. No, that was like in class when you weren't paying attention, and the teacher randomly calls on you to answer a question, <laughs> yeah. and you get it horribly wrong. So does that mean you're not answering? Well, you're the one who's supposed to enlighten me. If I knew how to reframe my worry, I wouldn't be so friggin' worried about everything. True. I am the brains behind this podcast. Well, I guess I would first suggest purchasing one of those mugs or t-shirts that say keep calm and chive on or carry on. Step two, kill myself. (laughs) I don't know. There's no easy way to answer this question, but I guess it comes down to just rewiring our brains and trying to use stress and anxiety to our advantage, I guess. And how do we do that? 
Well, as many of you might already know, when we are stressed out, our brains release a chemical called noradrenaline. And interestingly enough, the release of this chemical is what makes us feel both amazing and horrible. And it's the same chemical that's responsible for increasing things like arousal and alertness, but at the same time, it's responsible for increasing restlessness or anxiety. And none of us function at our best when too little or too much of this chemical is present. But if we can find that sweet spot in the middle, it can very much so benefit our mood and, of course, our productivity. So a good example of how I've personally done this is giving a talk at a vegan expo. Of course I'm nervous and scared. I don't want to come across as a moron. There's definitely a nervous fear component before going in front of a big, huge group of people and talking and having all these eyes on me. But what I like to do before I go on stage is I'll literally tell myself, man, how friggin' lucky are these people to learn my story and get all my diet and exercise tips for free? And even when I was competing, it was the same thing. Instead of like looking around all nervously, comparing myself to every single other girl there, I would just focus on myself. And when I got on stage, I would literally look every single judge in the eye and say to myself, as though I was talking to them, you know you want this. It gave me this surge of confidence. God, we're different. Well, you know what I'm trying to say though, right? Yes, you're very conceited. Yes. Well, no, actually not at all. It's a, it's all a cover up. I'm very insecure, but I'm saying I use it as a method for calming myself down. And so I'll see the situation as an exciting challenge rather than letting my anxiety decrease my self-confidence, which would of course in turn screw up my performance. And I swear the reason I did so well in competing actually had very little to do with my physique and so much more to do with that perceived confidence that I had on stage. Oh, I totally buy that. I mean, not that I'm any kind of expert as far as competing goes, but even I've noticed with some clients we've had, they'll send videos of their posing and their confidence or lack thereof literally jumps right out at you. You know, mm -hmm. either you have it or you don't. And if you're not comfortable walking around in your blinged out bikini and stripper heels, we can see it. Mm -hmm. And that's precisely what I would look like in that situation. But with a cane. And salt and vinegar chip filled gut. <laughs> <laughs> we sure are talking about salt and vinegar chips a lot on this episode. I really want some salt and vinegar chips. Maybe we can get Lay's to sponsor this episode. As long as they don't pay us in chips. No. Wait, you just said you wanted to yeah. eat some. Yeah, but I don't need any. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. Yes, it's fake it until you make it. If you don't believe it, you're not going to sell it to anybody else. Yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say is we have to see our stress as a challenge instead of some big burden. And what's what is that cheesy saying that I always throw around all the time? Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Huh? And the same goes for 
seeing a potential failure as a chance to learn. And I literally say this to every single client when I send them their first set of training and nutrition plans is don't focus on doing everything perfectly. Focus on what you want to learn and embrace the setbacks and the potential failures or actual failures as this is your opportunity to keep moving forward and enhance your efforts and do better next time. So I think it's pretty much the best advice I can give on this topic is just focus on what you want to learn. I think that pretty much is the best advice I've got. But (laughs) I hope you guys listening will apply these random suggestions and action steps. And I hope that they will help you to feel better physically and feel more confident. Sarah, would you like to add anything before we sing our first finale song of 2019 and welcome us back into the world of podcasting? Not really, no. All right, well... Can you at least read our iTunes review of the week, which comes to us from somebody named Celestial Seasonings? Oh, I used to enjoy their sleepy time tea. I'm pretty sure the huge tea company is not listening to our podcast or providing us with a five-star review on iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) Nor is the marketing team at Lay's Chips. True, but I also enjoy their teas, the uh, Bengal Spice was my competition prep godsend because it tastes just like cinnamon hearts. So for all you dieters out there, I know that we are not sponsored by Celestial Seasonings and this is not their (laughs) review, but we do still recommend their teas. All right. Celestial Seasonings review is titled Train and Be Entertained and Enlightened at the Same Time. Take it away, Sarah. Listener Feedback. That's the gist of every time a new episode is released. Though today, my fellow gym boys were exposed to some serious lady stuff. Bluetooth headphones died, so iPhone lives in my bra so I can still get my fix of this show. The Goddess episode is great. Among my faves, for sure. Hmm, interesting, because you thought our Goddess episode was one of our worst. Yeah, I don't think I thought it was one of our worst. I just thought the dry brushing seemed to overshadow the whole theme of the show. Well, clearly Celestial Seasonings didn't think so. Yes, oddly enough, she continues her review with, I'm looking for a dry brush today. Aren't you going to do the same voice like you have braces or whatever the hell that was? Yeah, I know. I really had to swallow it. Otherwise, I was going to start to draw. (laughs) (laughs) Shara rocked it with her amazing feminist quote. Wow. Thanks again. I've been a fan since you rolled it out and share with all my podcast junkie friends. Cool. Well, that's very nice to know. And thank you, Celestial Seasonings, for your wonderful review and delicious teas, if that is you. (laughs) And we are also accepting new show sponsors. Yes, we are. And new dry brushes to review if any dry brush companies out there are listening and enjoyed our goddess episode. All right, Sarah, what song are we singing to conclude yet another self-love podcast? I know. I feel like we should just have a self-love soundtrack. In fact, I'm going to create a playlist. Then everyone you make me do this, I can just knock one off the list. 
actually, that's not a bad idea because now what I'm thinking is we could give the self-love playlist to all of our Patreon supporters. I'm going to plug the Patreon page, guys, because I don't do it nearly enough. We have lots of exciting extras available to anyone who wants to be a Patreon supporter of the podcast. So go check it out at patreon.com slash jackedonthebeanstalk. And for just as little as $5 a month, you can get your own Jacked on the Beanstalk granola, bumper sticker, fridge magnet, all kinds of good shit, and a self-love soundtrack. (laughs) But the question is, would you pledge more money for a self-love playlist of original artists or us singing their songs? Mm, Good question. Let us know. Now, Sarah, let us know what we're singing. Can we just sing The Boys Are Back in Town? It is a good song, and we didn't get to, but we started with it, so all right, let's do it. One, two, three, four. Guess who just got packed today? Them wild-eyed boys that had been away Haven't changed that much to say But man, I still think them cats are crazy They were asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found Told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy The boys are back in town, the boys are back in town I said the boys are back in town. 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 All right. Excellent. The boys are back. And by that we mean the Shorky sisters are bu- 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 back. So hope everybody enjoyed a little self-love podcast for you, just like we always do in style in freezing cold Ottawa. I'm going to go venture back out into that snowstorm. Hopefully I live to record another podcast. And we will be back real soon, guys. Shorky sisters, out. I love myself today.